Hello, my name is Rick Pearson and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. You know, there's a saying that I grew up with as a child that said, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But is that saying true? According to scripture, it's emphatically not true. Stay tuned, you don't want to miss this teaching. Welcome back to Prophecy USA. Today we're going to be talking about words. How do they affect us? How do they affect others? And what exactly does the Bible say about words, especially in the fulfillment of God's prophetic word? You know, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When Moses stood on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments, those commandments were written in words. And those words established the backbone of current Judeo-Christian protocol, or the law of the land as we know it. Moses did not receive the Ten Negotiating Points. He received the Ten Commandments. And commandments have both rewards and penalties based on the free will of our own choosing to obey or disobey. God's word. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And in that word doth he meditate both day and night. Our program, Prophecy USA, is concerned about end time prophecy. And all prophecy came from the prophets who received a word from God and then were mandated to go forth and tell that word. Deuteronomy 18 says, I will put my words in his mouth, in the prophet's mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I command him. Whosoever will not hearken unto my words, that he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. You know, several years ago, a host of a very popular TV talk show made the statement that it's one thing to talk to God, but another thing to think that he's talking back to you. I think they call that mental illness, at which point the audience erupted into laughter and applause. Imagine that, a covenant nation whose currency says in God we trust, a nation whose pledge of allegiance says one nation under God, is now filled with people who not only reject God, but reject his word and the covenant words or laws that made this country great. These things should not surprise us for those who have studied Bible prophecy concerning Babylon the Great, because there's always been a remnant of believers in every generation who follow God's word and another group who defiantly oppose God's word. However, 
There is a group of believers within Babylon who are about to receive a very great reward for following God's word. Listen to this. To the church of Philadelphia, Jesus says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no man can shut. I know that you have but little strength, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thee, and to know that I have loved thee. Because you have kept the word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. It appears that the Philadelphia believers are differentiated from all the other churches previously mentioned. They have not been influenced by worldly views of secular humanism. They have overcome the pitfalls of pagan Babylonian religions, which include sexual immorality, pagan worship fetishes such as witchcraft, drug abuse, or the shedding of innocent blood that is rampant within modern society. They have been wise stewards of God's financial blessings, honest, caring towards other people, and in so doing, have put God first in their life. Through these acts of loving kindness described as righteousness and scripture, they have overcome many of the sins the first six churches have fallen into. It does appear, however, that these believers will suffer some persecution from the synagogue of Satan. In other words, they have been tested even to the point that Jesus said, I know that you have but little strength. Concerning those living in Latter-day Babylon the Great, following the word of God would result in being verbally persecuted by the accuser of the brethren. The International Bible Encyclopedia defines the accuser as one who slanders or speaks in a derogatory way towards another. In modern North American society, following God's word presently results in the following accusations if you stand up for traditional marriage you are called homophobic. Against Muslim terrorism you are called Islamophobic. If you stand up for Israel, you are called apartheid racists. If you stand up for the life of the unborn, you are accused of having a war on women. If you believe Jesus is the only way to salvation, you are accused of being a narrow-minded bigot. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets before you. This group called Philadelphia has not followed the herd of secular society's groupthink, but instead have kept God's word and because of this, they will be rewarded with an open door that no man can shut. Specifically, these believers are promised that they will be spared the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole world. As we watch America and the nations of the world turn away from God and become as Sodom and Gomorrah, God's heart is made abundantly clear to those who have ears to hear. As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? God's goodness, however, will never forget this people who have understood the warnings within Babylon and the promises of his word. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. This open door to the believers of Philadelphia not only bypasses the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth, it literally defies their appointed time to die. Jesus described it like this, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day there shall be two men in one bed, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Paul further described this event. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So as a chosen generation unveils the mystery of who Babylon the Great is, their future veiled mystery awaits. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Well did Isaiah prophesy in 750 BC, I am God, and there is none like me. Indeed, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. So the question is not, will God fulfill his word? The question is, will we? Welcome back, folks. Well, it seems that in this admonition to the believers of Philadelphia, they have one major attribute that Jesus highly commends. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. If Jesus said you have kept my word, then it's very important to understand that there must be other words that don't come from the heart of Jesus. To understand this teaching, we must go back to the beginning of creation where God created the earth and all living things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. In verse 6, it says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. In verse 9, it says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Verse 20 says, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life, and the fowl that may fly above all the earth in the open firmament above heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the water brought forth abundantly. In verse 24, it says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind 
the cattle, the creeping things, and the beasts of the earth after his kind. Verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and the fowl of the air and every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. But in verse 29 it says, And God said, Behold, I have given you mankind every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every living tree in which is the first fruit of tree-yielding seed. In the creation of the earth, the Bible plainly tells us that absolutely nothing happened until God said. It was His Word that created everything. It was His Word that the angel spoke to a young 15-year-old virgin, and nine months later the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus continually spoke God's Word to His followers. In fact, He specifically qualified His followers' love towards Him by saying, If anyone loves Me, He will keep My words. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whosoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. But what are God's words saying to us today? Stay tuned. We're about to find out. The United Nations has a 2030 agenda. The World Economic Forum has a great reset. The COVID-19 pandemic has an accelerated mandate. But as the new world order plans their world without God, nothing will be accelerated faster than the prophetic word God has spoken to the United States of America. It will be the hour that changes everything. Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest book, The Hour That Changes Everything. Together with our study guide and free app, prepare yourself for one of the greatest events in Bible prophecy. Go to prophecyusa.org or call the number on your screen now to make your donation of $35 or more and receive your copy of the book, The Hour That Changes Everything. We are waiting to hear from you. Call today. Welcome back, folks. We've been talking about the creative power of God's Word and how Jesus was literally the Word incarnate. In studying biblical creation, a friend of mine who recently passed away, Dr. Miles Monroe, had a tremendous understanding of how God watches over His Word to perform it. That's in Jeremiah 1.12. Now, in his teachings on purpose, Miles stated that whenever God wants to do something on earth, he chooses a substance to speak to. And whatever he says to what he speaks to comes out of what he spoke to what he said. Now that's quite a tongue twister and a mind-boggling statement. And I had to listen to it several times before I got it. Whenever God wants to do something, he first chooses a substance to speak to. When he created light, he spoke to the atoms of the universe. An explosion took place, and there was light, Genesis 1-3. When God made the fish, he spoke to the waters, and the waters brought forth fish abundantly. 
when God made beasts of the field, he spoke to the earth. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things, and the beast of the earth after his kind. But when God made man, he included a secret ingredient. The Bible says that he literally spoke to himself. And God said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Inside every man is an eternal spirit that according to the Bible literally came from the breath or the ruach or the spirit of God. Man through God's spirit was also commanded to take dominion of the earth and over every living creature that walks on the earth, swims in the sea, and flies in the air. However, within every living creature is a divine principle. In order to sustain life, each creation must remain attached to the substance from which it was created. The fish must stay in the water in order to survive. The beasts must eat the herbs from the earth, or other creatures from the earth, and man must sustain his existence by staying attached to the nutrients of the earth from which he came. But his ultimate purpose in life cannot be fulfilled unless he also stays attached to the spirit from which he came. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. John 6 says, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now the word sup literally means to eat with him because there's no way under the Father of Spirits except it be by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. But what does this have to do with America's role in Bible prophecy? The answer is everything. So stay tuned because we're going to serve you some meat that this world knows not of. We'll be right back. Four thousand years ago, an antichrist religion was birthed in ancient Babylon. Yet Joshua overcame it, Gideon overturned it, Elijah overwhelmed it, and Josiah overthrew it. This vile religion demands a rejection of God's commandments, a defiance of God's morals, a resurgence of asterisk poles with rampant immorality, and the shedding of innocent blood that cries out for judgment. These are the signs of a nation seduced by Baal worship. But what is the answer? 2,000 years ago, innocent blood was shed for you. But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer His judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, 
and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy. 1-888-306-1759 or go online to prophecyusa.org right now. Welcome back, folks. We've been discussing the history of how God used His Word to create everything. Like a weapon of warfare in the hand of a king, God spoke His Word to Mary, and nine months later, that Word produced the greatest gift to mankind. You know, the Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature among men and among God. By the time He was 30, this man born in a stable began to manifest God's presence in unusual signs and wonders. His disciples claim that he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cast out devils, and even the wind obeyed his voice. Now, at this time, Jesus, who was crucified for the sins of the world, fulfilled over 300 prophetic words in his life. After he rose from the dead and appeared to over 500 people at one time, he was taken up in a cloud. Angels appeared and gave a prophetic word to the witnesses present. It was a word that would be fulfilled only to a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a remnant of, of humanity who follow God's word. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. However, this promise of seeing him in the clouds will only be fulfilled to those who Jesus warned. Watch ye therefore, pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Paul gave us a prophetic word concerning that day and admonished us to rest with him in the assurance of God's prophetic word. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, nor obey the gospel or the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question we need to ask ourselves if we are the chosen generation to see these words fulfilled in our lifetime, are we following God's word? Do we meditate on it day and night that we might not sin against him? And are we messengers of that word? When Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, what was he saying? What is God trying to call forth out of us today? What words of kindness, forgiveness, mercy, exhortation, or comfort are you allowing him to call forth out of you? What first fruits offerings is he calling forth on your hands to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, or to preach the gospel? Through obeying his still small voice, God wants you to bring his kingdom upon this earth through you but he will not do it unless someone's free will allows him to use them. A custodian of the planet and called to take dominion of the earth, God's will for us and his purpose can only be accomplished by staying attached to the spirit who nourishes us. 
It is the bread of life that sustains our being. The Church of Philadelphia is the last group of believers that will appear before the rapture takes place. You know, and Jesus said, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. And because you've kept God's word, he has promised, I will keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. As we unveil the mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy, the ultimate goal is for us to unveil the mystery of God's role in you. And the first step in doing that is on the tip of your tongue, not God's tongue. Your words have the power to unlock your destiny. And Jesus promised us, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You know, folks, words do matter. And if you will pray with us, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and let your words dwell in me. And let the life of Christ be made manifest in my mortal flesh. If you've prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. And we'd encourage you to get into a Bible-believing church and learn God's Word. And don't forget to join us on our online Bible study every Thursday at 7 p.m. for questions and answers and a live chat. We want to thank our friends who've been supporting this ministry with your prayers and your finances. Thank you so much. We could not continue to do what we're doing without your prayers and those finances. You know, Prophecy USA is raised up for such a time as this to deliver a word to the nation called Babylon the Great, in which we believe is the United States of America. You know, Jesus is alive and he's coming back. But we who are alive must walk in that word if we're going to be found worthy to escape what's coming. You know, Jesus lived an incredible life and had an incredible ministry. When he walked on this planet, he didn't need a boat to cross a lake. He didn't need a catering service to feed 5,000. He didn't need grapes to make wine, and he doesn't need a door to walk into your room. He stands at the door of your heart, and that still small voice knocks. Will you open that door and come in? Our goal at Prophecy USA is to help God knock on that door. You know, folks, we're, we're out of time right now, but I want to remind you that Jesus is alive. He doesn't need a door to walk into your house and he doesn't need a door to walk into your heart. He just needs you to give him a word of invitation. And if you prayed that prayer, we'd like you to let us know that you've accepted Christ and we're very happy that you joined the family of God with us. So my name is Rick Pearson, 
This is Prophecy USA, and we're here to remind you that Jesus Christ is not only alive, but he's coming back much sooner than many people realize. We'll see you next week on Prophecy USA. Shalom. Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy, 1-888-306-1759, or go online to prophecyusa.org right now.